Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. The Zone. You can hear her clearly even in a barn full of cows. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, the sound sure does carry on a Tuesday morning that's as crisp and clear outside as it is. Welcome in, everybody. I'm Farm Director Pam Youngke. Hope you're staying warm. It is definitely below zero across the state of Wisconsin as we start off today. Not going to improve a whole lot. Partly sunny skies on the way, 12 above the best we'll get. Tomorrow, about the same. Partly sunny, 24. Thursday, a few clouds in the forecast, 25. Friday back down to just eight above before we turn the corner a little bit this weekend with temperatures that are back up near freezing. And only in Wisconsin can you appreciate that kind of a warm-up. Stumach, our ag meteorologist, will be joining us more, with more weather details in just a little bit. Also this morning, as usual for Tuesday, bringing you around the radio with John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Also reminding farmers that big envelope that you got from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Take a look at that. The Census of Agriculture due back at USDA by February 6th. Greg Bussler, our state ag statistician, wants you to know about that. And we're also talking this morning about what's going on at the grocery store. Consumers are definitely changing their buying patterns. That's causing more challenges for our grocery stores. All kinds of conversations coming up. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. The whole point of a turnkey installation is that you don't have to do anything for this system. We do it all. All the permitting, we do all the work. Anything that needs to be done to make this system up and running and good, we take care of it for you. It seems like it never fails. I, I get a customer turned online and their solar is producing. Sure enough, that next month they want to show us their bill. Look, zero dollars. Go green, save green at OlsonSolarEnergy.com. Just because vegetables aren't growing outside right now doesn't mean that the community-supported agriculture farmers are just sitting around. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Sam Ashwald Tilton, fresh market vegetable specialist for Fair Share CSA Coalition, provides insight into what those farmers are doing during the winter and how customers can prepare for this year's season. A big thing growers are doing now, and usually excited about every year, is looking at seed catalogs and equipment catalogs of all kinds. And growers need to order, you know, thousands of dollars worth of seeds, worth of transplants, not to mention flies such as potting soil, roll cover, tractor tires, greenhouse plastic, you name it. And so there's a lot of time in the office ordering those things. And the other big thing is crop planning. How much are you going to grow? Where are you going to put it in the field? How are you going to rotate where it's getting planted year after year to avoid disease? How much fertilizer do you need to apply? You better order that. You better have your soil test ready. So there's a lot of things to be doing in the deep dead of winter. But the other thing is farming during the season is a rush. There's so much to do. And so a big thing that CSA growers do this time of year, I hope is relax a little bit because in a few months, you know, that won't be able to happen. So that would be in maybe um, January, February. And then and already at the end of February, some of those greenhouses are getting fired up to start longer growing spring things like uh, onions and leeks maybe. And as time goes 
goes on into uh, March and into April, all sorts of other transplants will be started in the greenhouse. Maybe cabbage and tomatoes and kale and peppers, all sorts of plants that will go on the ground. And then maybe about the, the middle of April, of course now with uh, climate change, you never quite know, but maybe about the middle of April, farmers will be able to get into the fields and work the soil for the first time where it won't be too wet or too cold. And they'll put in seeds that can take the cold, things like peas and carrots, beets, that will start growing. And then, you know, you're off to the races and the season's begun. What are things that CSA members have to think about that others who aren't maybe involved in CSA may not, whether that's, okay, what happens if the year's going on and I don't have as much produce as I need for the amount of people I have paying to get my produce? What are some of those thought processes that these members are having to go through? Uh, A big thing for someone uh, wanting to sign up for a CSA is first ask yourself, is CSA right for you? There's absolutely wonderful things about CSA, but it's also different from being able to pop by the grocery store whenever you want and get whatever you want. People that sign up for a CSA are going to go on a seasonal journey. And what I mean is, Every week for maybe 30 weeks from the 1st of June till the 1st of November, they're going to have a box full of, say, 10 different kinds of vegetables every week. And they're going to watch how the season progresses and those vegetables change. And also at that time, they're going to be in a relationship with their farm and they'll probably get a weekly newsletter. And the farmer will tell them what's going to be in the box that week. What can they expect next week? What's going on on the farm? What things are going well? What are challenges? And they're going to watch the season unfold and have that relationship with the farm in that way. So those are some questions to ask yourself. But another big question is to ask your potential farmer. And you want to know things like, what's their experience? Is this their first year CSA farming? Just like anyone, they'll probably have some kinks they're going to have to work out. And and you might experience that through the vegetables in your box. Or have they been farming for 5, 10, 30 years and they have a reputation of consistent production? And then ask their growing practices. Is organic produce something that's important to you? Do you want it to be certified organic? Uh, Can the farmer give you their word? Do you want to visit the farm? Or is conventional practices something that you want? And that'll change, you know, what farms you're looking at. And then ask a hard question. You know, you can say, if there's a drought, if there's a production issue, what have you done in the past? How do you think that might be addressed? And then you guys are just on the same page. And once you've committed to a farm, things that you want to ask yourself to kind of be ready and be searching for the farm that's going to work for you are things like, what pickup locations do they offer? Are you willing to drive, say, 20 minutes away each week to pick up your share or can you pick it up at the store you know three blocks away from you what share type is being offered for example the traditional csa share will be once per week for maybe 30 weeks june through november maybe 20 weeks but some amount of weeks but you could also do maybe an every other week share you might do a worker share where you go to the farm and work on the farm in exchange for all or part of your share you might do say a green share where you just get spinach and lettuce for a little bit and then the other thing is uh, many csa farms will have bought in from neighboring farmers things like bread and flowers and fresh fruit freshly milled grain cheeses, syrup, eggs, meat, and you can really sometimes get your whole diet through your CSA share like that. So you're thinking about the pickup location, what share type is going to work for you, and also the share size. Do you want a full share that might feed your family of six every week, or is it just you and your partner and a small size might work? What size do you want? And what are the options there for signing up? So for example, some CSAs are going to offer custom boxes where the farmer will put out what is available each week, and you can go on the website and choose exactly what you want in your box, and it'll get packed like that into 
delivered to. On the other hand, other farms have more of a traditional model, which is easier on the farmer, and the farmer chooses from what they have what's best to give out that week, and, and the customer always gets the freshest. And then the other thing to ask yourself is, what's the season? Do you want vegetables throughout as long a period in the year as you possibly can? What farms are offering something like that? Or do you maybe want vegetables at the peak of the season, say August and September? How can customers sign up to purchase their a share of a CSA farm produce, or how soon should they be signing up ahead of time to make sure that they're on their list, or does it vary depending on that farm? The value of CSAs and the value of an economic relationship with one's farmer was really proved over the pandemic, I think. And I remember, you know, I live in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, but I remember at the stores where there weren't things on the shelf and some things just weren't available for long periods of time. And we all made out okay, you know. But I know that at that time, the interest in CSA membership went through the roof. And the reason is because that's a relationship with a local producer where the safety of the food and the um, production of the food is, is much more stable. A good time to sign up is as soon as you know that you want to be a member. Different years, the, the membership list will fill up sooner or later. So feel free, each farm is, is going to have a website typically, and you can go on that website and easily learn about the farmer, learn about their production practices. You can learn about all the options for CSA delivery and prices and all that, and you can even often sign up right on the website. Some good resources for that. I work for the Fair Share CSA Coalition from Madison, as well as UW Extension, and the Fair Share website has a really great tool called Farm Search, and you can just go to csacoalition.org and uh, look at at the farm search button. And there's a big map of the state and you can type in your address and all sorts of different things that you might be looking for. Share sizes, share types, how close you want it to your house, things like that. And you can search and it'll uh, spit out different CSA farms that fit those criteria for you. If you really want to meet a grower though, hopefully you're lucky enough to have a winter market near you. A lot of growers have maybe storage crops at this time, maybe crops that can be grown indoors like microgreens. And if you go to those winter markets, you can oftentimes meet your local producers. And that's a great way to get to know them personally, which can be a lot of fun, especially a lot of CSA farms will do uh, on-farm events, say a big dinner or potluck at the end of the season. And it can be really fun to get to know a farmer over the years. On the farmer side of things, how can new farmers who are interested in becoming a CSA go about that? Or what is the benefit of being a CSA, whether that's financial, things that you can talk about or anything like that? Vegetable growers are the fastest growing type of farmer starting in Wisconsin. And luckily, the state's investing uh, some resources to help those farmers. So for new farmers that are interested, there's several organizations that offer support and connection with other farmers. So that would be organizations like Fair Share CSA Coalition, UW Extension. Another one would be Wisconsin Farmers Union, Marble Seed for Organic Growers, the Wisconsin Fresh Fruit and Vegetable Growers Association for Conventional Growers. There's so many groups out there, farmers, government, nonprofits, etc., that want to help growers succeed and want to connect them with resources. The reason that a lot of beginning growers look at CSA is the financial stability. From a consumer perspective, what you're doing is you're allowing a farmer the stability that they need to start up. And you can imagine how hard it is to start any business, but especially something like farming that requires so many skills and so much capital investment. Uh, and so much to learn, you know. And when members invest in a farm as members, what they're doing is they're giving the farmer the financial foundations that they need for that year. And in turn, the farmer shares with those members accordingly all the, all that produce. And so it really allows a farm stable growth. Fair Share CSA Coalition, along with UW Extension, have uh, a fair few projects both for farmers and for CSA members. One of the most important things I note about CSA is that it's fun. 
Every week you're opening up a new box, you're seeing different colors, different flavors, you're looking up different recipes, combining them in different ways, connecting with your family around food, connecting with a farm around food, watching the seasons change. Being a CSA member is a lot of things, uh, but being both a member and a farmer can be a lot of fun. That was Sam Ashwald Tilton, Fresh Market Vegetable Specialist of Fair Share CSA Coalition. To learn more, go to their website at csacoalition.org. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in medicine, I'm Charity Seebecker. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Experienced electricians come join our team. Here's Dan, a commercial journeyman for Ever Ready Electric. Family company, they take care of people, they take care of their workers. There's a lot of benefits to working for Ever Ready, including the fact that when you work on your education, they do reimburse you for that time. They're very good about sick time and very good about family. Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at everreadyelectric.net. For all your electrical needs, we are Ever Ready. You're worth so much more. Have you ever had the choice to accumulate wealth or go into debt? Let's play Would You Rather. Would you rather have $190,000 in total compensation or be $29,000 in debt? That's the choice between paying for a bachelor's degree that might not even land you a job or an apprenticeship with Liuna that will lead to job security, a pension, stability, and a lifetime of great wages. You're worth so much more. Go to liunawisconsin.org join to learn how to accumulate wealth instead of debt. Pest control? You've got a guy for that. Car repairs? You probably have a guy for that as well. For someone to custom design a unique piece of jewelry for you, or help your current pieces look sparkling fresh? That needs to be William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Affordable and local. William Thomas Custom Jewelry will help you create a desirable, one-of-a-kind piece that you'll be proud to wear for years to come. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. That squeal you're hearing while you come to a stop, that's your brakes crying for help. At Tom's Auto Center, we offer five-star brake repair on all makes and models. Stop by for a brake fluid and brake inspection. If your brakes are talking to you or screaming for help, we'll diagnose it and give you a written estimate. We want you to be able to trust your brakes. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, hang on to your gloves, your cap, your everything this morning because you're going to need everything to be covered. It is a really cold out on a Tuesday morning. Time to talk weather. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist joining us this morning. You know, I mentioned it when I was doing television this morning. The If there is something redeeming about this morning, it's the fact that we don't have much wind. Right, yeah, the wind just isn't that strong right now, but when there is a little gust of wind, the wind chill drops down to 25, 30 below. Yeah, and we've got so, like, like all kinds of alerts out there, like we say, despite the fact there's not a lot of wind, it's cold enough we've got all kinds of weather alerts. Oh, yeah, it's and for once, I don't have to say there's this one for La Crosse and that one for Fond du Lac and that one. We've got a wind chill advisory all across southern Wisconsin until 10 a.m. today. During that time frame, wind chills dropping down in that 20, 25, 30 below range are not out of the question. Even though it may not seem like much of a breeze, it's going to chill you very quickly. Today's the day. Cover it up. 
cap with ear lappers, really important if you're going to spend more than a minute outside and then don't just think it's going to be a minute outside. You know how that goes. That's the time something doesn't want to start or doesn't want to work and you spend more time trying to get it going and you kind of forget you're not covered up and you end up with a problem. So bundle up, just be safe about it today. It is a cold start, high pressure is to our south. That does mean we're in for a good deal of sunshine. That's a great thing today, but those temperatures stay very cold. Maybe a degree or two warmer than yesterday. That's about the most we can hope for, but it is going to be a very cold late January day. That high will indeed provide sunshine and quiet weather. There's really no precipitation for us to talk about high and dry for the next several days. There is some rain and snow all the way from Maine down the eastern seaboard with rain all the way down to Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas. But that's going to stay far and away, so we are in for a dry spell. Temperatures starting to moderate a little bit for Wednesday and Thursday. Another weak system will drop through out of the northwest later Thursday. Be prepared Thursday, midday, or afternoon. We see a wind shift. Southwest winds become west or northwest. It cools off pretty quickly for Thursday night and Friday. Friday back to single-digit highs. And then with that weak front, there may be a few more clouds, maybe a small chance of a little snow come Saturday. But that's going to come along with cloudy skies. And how about that? Above normal temperatures, lower 30s returning as we look towards Saturday, Sunday, and right into next week. So a little bit of a warm-up here for the weekend and into next week. Probably sounds like very good news as we head out to get things done this morning in this very cold air mass. I'll have forecast details right after this. Today on the Farmers Union Minute, Ross Hedervig from the National Farmers Union office in Washington joins us to talk about the discussions on the 2023 Farm Bill now that the new Congress is in place. Now, crop insurance is a big one, but I'll also add, you know, we have a, a really good legislative committee that has been spending the last year putting together our Farm Bill priorities, and top of that list is a competition title in the Farm Bill. So we want to really push on that, make sure that some of the anti-competitive measures and uh, practices that have been going on over the last couple of years get a hard look. And also just enforcement of bills that are already uh, on the books, like the Packers and Stockyards Act. Full enforcement of that would go a long way to providing more transparency and competition for livestock producers across the country. Ross Hedervig with the National Farmers Union in Washington on our Farmers Union Minute, talking about the issues important in 2023, including that new farm bill. I'm Bob Osold. All righty, Stu, let's have the details on our forecast. I mean, aside from the fact, like you said, we may not be real fashionable if we go out to the barn this morning, but trying to cover up is what we have to make a priority. That's the absolute number one job, that wind chill advisory in effect until 10 a.m. And beyond that, we're in for a sunny day. Uh, let's just push it up into the double digits. I'd say Madison will be our warm spot at 12, the rest of us a little below that. And winds today gradually become more southwest at about 5 to 10. Overnight, we stay clear, not quite so cold. We should just be above zero tonight, two, three degrees, and southwest winds will be around five. Tomorrow, another sunny day, but up into the low 20s, as the southwest winds will be at five to 10, and then mostly sunny Thursday. Mid-20s for most of us, maybe low 20s in the west as the wind shift happens earlier in the day. Southwest winds will become northwest on Thursday around 5 to 15, cooling it off then for Thursday night and Friday, Pam. That little warm-up, though, heading back toward the 30s over the weekend sounds like a real heat wave. Yeah, I know. I, I agree completely. I said it uh, when I was doing the forecast earlier that only in Wisconsin can you appreciate warming up to freezing. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, man. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Stay warm. All right. Have a great day. You bet. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, along with us with your weather details. You know, speaking of weather, I know another thing that we've noticed is that a lot of folks are, uh, uh, well, trying to get some of that snow load off your roof. If you're going to be outside trying to do something like that, I've seen all kinds of contraptions that people are trying to use to move that snow around. Just remember, think safety first, folks, and uh, make sure you've got somebody with you. (laughs) Like I said, uh, nobody likes this weather man or beast, but if you've got to be out there trying to make your own solutions, make sure that you are definitely being careful. You got other weather observations for me? Remember our Farm Talk text line, toll-free 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing on the way. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Farm First Dairy Cooperative, serving dairy farmers across the Midwest since 2013. Farm First Dairy Cooperative, member-focused, member-driven, member-led. And from Equity Livestock Cooperative, marketing your livestock, financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community since 1922. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net, on Facebook and Twitter. I've had the opportunity to be involved in several programs in the Wisconsin Farm Bureau, one of which was the Farm Bureau Institute. It's a great leadership program to help develop leadership skills, whether it's social media skills or the opportunity to speak to legislators and learn different ways and tools you can use to help get your message across. WFBF.com. They've really helped my leadership development. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Is fatigue and lack of libido keeping you on the injured reserve list? It could be symptoms of low testosterone. After the age of 30, men begin to notice this reduction in quality of life due to natural hormonal decline. But there is something you can do about it. Carbon World Health offers custom-designed hormone replacement treatment. They'll determine if you need testosterone replacement or growth hormone therapy. Don't let low T keep you on the bench. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. When it comes to custom jewelry, get to know your Denny's jeweler. The way Denny's works custom is based on emotions and it's based on the clients, what they are feeling and wanting and looking for. And eventually it evolves into this piece of art. I'm Nick Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. Chris Collini with a dirty little secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today, we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Collini Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. 
They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals. Then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. We all get hit by the storms of life. I had noticed my legs were swelling, and we went to Maine Medical Hospital. And they said, oh, Mr. Conquest, can you get up for your MRI? And I remember pushing up off the bed. And I fell. Next thing I know, it was three weeks later. And I was paralyzed. It was a pretty low point to not be able to do the things that I love to do. PVA was there the first day. Thanks to PVA, paralyzed veterans are getting specialized medical care and treatments. The benefits they've earned, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need. PVA has brought me back to life. I've fallen a few times and PVA is like, get up. We just keep getting up. To learn more, go to pva.org today. Have referees always been this terrible? Or are we just getting more jaded? Or are they getting more exposed because there's more camera angles? Have referees always been this bad? You get it in the NFL yesterday. Starting with what the wasn't a catch, but ended up being a catch right away from Devontae Smith for the Eagles. And then it ties into <laughs> Bengals Chiefs where those two back-to-back bonehead plays. I, have they always See, been I this think, bad? I think there's a little bit of both going on here because clearly all the camera angles is going to make you worse. Like yeah. on the on the catch by Devontae Smith. He lays out, brings it in one-handed, brings it in close to his chest. Well, the referee that was right there, he's being blocked by Devontae Smith's body. Yeah. And another referee would have been, you know, so far away, either other side of the field or more the middle of the field. They probably wouldn't have had a great angle or have even have been looking as it might not even be their place to be looking because mm-hmm. clearly there's a referee right there. So all the camera angles obviously make them worse because you, when you have all the camera angles, yeah. you can slow it down. And the referee's only got one line yeah. of vision. Yeah. Camera angles got everything. <laughs> but how do they still in. get it wrong with the camera angles? But that's, that's <laughs> the secondary yeah. issue is how you can, A, not have the exp- expended um, expedited replays for some games, but then other expedited replays for other games. Don't get it. And how you can clearly see, oh, this really doesn't move at all, and it be- gets called an incomplete pass, and something that clearly hits the ground gets called a catch. Yeah. It's, it makes it's, no sense. That That is on, quote-unquote, New York or the referees. The guy lifetime missing it because it was hard to see, unless you had a certain camera angle, I'm fine with. 
But I think it's the other things. It's the little things of just how brutal they were. I like what you, what you said earlier, Rowdy. I like the idea of this. Technology, the more you dive into technology, the more technology starts to run your life and, and things around your life, yes. the more it's going to suck. Oh. Right? I mean, technology always fails. Well, it's like the people who, like, if cell phone service goes down. <laughs> like the they, lost little they puppies. They lose their yeah. minds. Yeah. They're like, oh! I'm like, dude, this is great. I'll just I know. sit around doing absolutely nothing. Read a book. <laughs> do something. But my e-reader doesn't work or, either. Or, or, oh, or no. you don't have to read. You can just think for a second. Yeah. It's like, the oh, I'm, I'm going to think about my own thoughts. That, that anger me the most. It's honestly the incomplete pass versus catch. Yeah, it should have been a no catch. But again, the guy wasn't in a good position to, to, to see it. It's just that's how it is. Yeah. Should have got it right, though. The things for me is... Oh, well, is it or is it not a late hit? Should they or should they have not called it? Yeah, it was late. Was it the worst? No. Could Patrick Mahomes kind of have flopped? Maybe. But how about this? That was an obvious penalty. There were multiple holding calls on the defensive line before uh, Patrick Mahomes even left the pocket that weren't even flagged. Well, go back even before that. It's the... uh, When it was third, it was at third and nine. They ran a play, and then they send the punt team out. And then the referees have to go to this whole fiasco of, like, setting the game clock and the play, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, well, actually, uh, that play shouldn't have counted. Uh, it shouldn't have ran, so it's now it's third down again. And then that right there was the worst of it all. And then they go and call Eli Apple uh, for pass interference the following play. Uh, I mean, that was. The one before it, though, where it's like, uh, that play shouldn't have counted. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That play should have counted. Like, it should have. Even Zach, well, Taylor, Zach Taylor's losing his mind over it. plays where supposedly the play was shut down before both drastically went against the Bengals. Yes. Yeah. The, the Joe Burrow scamper on third and six where he picked up like seven and a half. And then they say, Oh wait, wait, we actually blew it dead. That play didn't count. Yeah. And then obviously the third and nine for, for Kansas city, Mm -hmm. both clearly went against the Bengals. Yeah. And it's, it's things like that. Or if we're going to the first game, how is Lane Johnson not being called for a false start when he's getting like a second off the line before any other line? That was multiple moves? times. That was multiple. That was times. almost all game. It, go watch the the play where Bosa nearly. Um, it's right after Nick Bosa nearly gets Jalen Hurts in the end zone for a safety. They're right backed up on their own one yard line. My God. Lane Johnson is is like out there like three seconds before anything because Nick Bosa is just that good and they're right there on the one yard line, not called at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not even talking about the punt, which that ended the game. Yeah. San Francisco's down twenty one to seven. They absolutely need to stop on defense. Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with Farm Babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Yeah, real chilly start to a Tuesday morning. We're below zero basically across the state. Daytime highs today, not much better than 12 above. Tomorrow we'll bounce up to 24. Thursday, 25 before we drop back down to just 8 above the projected high on Friday. I'm Pam Yankee. Thanks for coming along. Well, today is the final day of January, if you couldn't tell by the weather. Let's see. On this day, back in 1961, Ham the Chimp traveled into outer space. The chimpanzee survived the U.S. Mercury program test flight. All he got was a bruised nose from the landing. Ham the Chimp. 
first into outer space on this day back in 1961. On this day in 2000, Alaska Airlines Flight 261 crashed into the sea. It was an MD-83 plane. It had horizontal stabilizer problems and ended up going down in the Pacific Ocean. The 88 people on board all killed. Happy birthday, on a better note, happy birthday today to Justin Timberlake. That's singer-songwriter, 42 years young, and now you know. Well, if you've been to the grocery store lately, you might have started to notice some newer patterns when it comes to what's available, what's plentiful at the grocery store. You know, during the pandemic, consumers suddenly realized that, uh, yeah, there could be empty store shelves even in the United States. Your selections might be limited. You know what? According to the Wisconsin Grocers Association, some of those issues are still plaguing consumers today. Stephanie Hoff has more. The outlook that grocers are getting for 2023, not a whole lot of change from the economic challenges we experienced in 2022. I'm talking about labor challenges and inflation. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Brandon Scholes is the president and CEO of the Wisconsin Grocers Association, and he says while these issues are projected to stick around, grocery stores are making adjustments to get over the hurdles. So as you look forward into next year, you got to think about, number one, can I get all the products that my customers want? And we've seen, we've seen that be a real challenge this past year. You go to the store and all of a sudden, you know, you're into the juice counter and the juice that you're looking for isn't there. It comes in a day or two or three or four days later, but we do have periods and, and products where the supplier, the manufacturer cannot produce them because they don't have the workforce. So it pervades all of the industry from the manufacturers and the suppliers and the shippers and the truckers and the grocery stores. Workforce is a huge, huge problem for us. Are there any specific products that you've noticed have been trickier for stores to get in? It's a great question because it's one that everybody asks, and I wish I had an answer that said, yes, here's the three products that are difficult to get. And it just simply isn't that easy, and it just depends. Now, we've gone through a period of time where it was tough to get eggs because of the avian flu. That was an issue. It impacted the chicken industry. We had lots of calls about people worried about not having turkeys because of avian flu, but it turns out there were plenty of turkeys. I've seen aisles where cat food has been at a minimum because they just haven't got it, or it could be anything from soft drinks to bread to meat to produce. It really just depends on where you're getting your products from and and what their suppliers are like. It could get you anywhere in the grocery store in each aisle. I suppose, yeah, it would be easier if they knew which products they'd be (laughs) short on. I want to ask you about inflation, though, impacting every industry. Any break in inflationary pressure in 2023? I'm afraid not. Uh, we've seen inflation, you know, kind of skyrocket into that 7-8% factor, and it's stayed there even though the feds have tried to work on inflation by making sure we don't end up into a recession, but it's there and it's stubborn. And it's not one of those things that people can just, or anybody in the federal government or banks, or anybody can just turn on or off. It's just not like that. You know, you've seen some relief from inflationary pressures on petroleum, but it's a single commodity product as a opposed to the other side of it is food and grocery store food and restaurant food and everything else. So food at home, food out, all those things are still under enormous inflationary pressures. And honestly, we don't see it coming down very much in 2023. The problem is, is that in that inflationary rate that we have today impacts the wages that people make in their jobs and what they take home. And so it's, it's, you know, it's sometimes reducing their their impact, what they can buy. Nevertheless, they still have to buy 
things for their home, for things to eat. And that's where shoppers get really smart because they, they're smart to look at price and, and make a decision on do they want this product or this product. Maybe it's private label, maybe it's name brand. They might say, you know, gee, that particular protein is really expensive, but I think this week I'm going to make something with this. So you find that people are flexible more so than they ever have been. The pandemic taught shoppers to be very flexible. They plan now. They plan better, we think, about their meals and what they need so they're just not walking in and having a shopping spree. So consumers being flexible, what about our grocers? Are, what are they doing to tackle those challenges you just laid out? Well, let's just say that, that in order to grow our workforce, we have to have a state where people want to come to or our college graduates want to stay. And what that means is we have to have a quality of life in Wisconsin that people want. To do that, we think that there are issues in crime that have to be addressed, in neighborhoods, uh, housing that you know needs to be provided, education, daycare, transportation transportation. All of those things go to good quality of life. And we're encouraging and we're hoping and, and looking for legislation that can address some of those issues. That too is not something that you snap your fingers and have it happen overnight. You know, Brandon, when we look at agribusinesses, whether you're a, on the farm or whether you're a cheese processor, we're seeing more technology and automation in those places to tackle the hard to get labor. Is that something grocers are, are starting to look into? Yeah, no question about it. It's just something that at some point when you can't fill a labor gap and the amount of you know potential pool to hire is not there, you've got to do something. And so if you look at a grocery store and you walk in and they have 12 checkout aisles with a cashier and a bagger, there's likely not all 12 is filled with cashiers and checkers. Uh, it just is simply there's not enough people to hire. And so if you have, let's say, four self-checkout machines in your section, maybe you're going to look at that and say, you know what, I think we're going to have eight. We're going to take down four of our checkout lanes, and we're going to put in four more self-checkouts. Now, lots of customers like that. I mean, they, you know, got 10 things in their basket. They don't want to stand in line for three minutes. Boom, they go to self-checkout and they're happy to go. And in fact, Woodman's, I know, is very, uh, they encourage their customers to go to self-checkout and they have almost an equal number of self-checkout lines as they do cashier checkouts, depending on store to store. You know, you look at that knowing that a self-checkout section can run 24-7 all the time. It needs one person to be there in case somebody needs some assistance, but that means that you don't have four traditional checkout lanes sitting there empty and taking up space and, and having almost no value and no return on investment. You see all of these sorts of changes that are, some are very subtle. You know, the one that everybody likes to look at is the store that you walk in, you put your stuff in your, in your basket, you put it in a bag, it checks you out in your cart, you don't even have to go through a cash register line. It pays virtually off your card, off your payless card, and there you go. And, you know, it's kind of cool. Does it work in a grocery store when you buy 200 things? Eh, maybe not, but there are just things that are, you know, that retailers are going to have to continue to look to find, to fill the gap with people. To, to work at their store. They've got to serve their customers. They've got to find a way to do it. That's Brandon Scholes with the 2023 Outlook for Grocery Stores. He's the president and CEO of the Wisconsin Grocers Association. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. Join the fabulous farm babe, Pam Yonke, along with Wisconsin soybean and corn growers at the 2023 Corn Soy Expo. It's February 2nd and 3rd at the Kalahari Resort in the Wisconsin Dells. Pam will be broadcasting on Thursday with Compere Financial at booth 409 and Friday from the Wisconsin Soybean Board booth number 701.
For more information or to make plans to attend, visit cornsoyexpo.org. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. The whole point of a turnkey installation is that you don't have to do anything for this system. We do it all. All the permitting, we do all of the work. Anything that needs to be done to make this system up and running and good, we take care of it for you. It seems like it never fails. I, I get a customer turned online and their solar is producing. Sure enough, that next month they want to show us their bill. Look, zero dollars. Go green, save green at OlsonSolarEnergy.com. You know, that big envelope that's been laying on your desk for a couple days from the U.S. Department of Agriculture? Well, you might want to give that some attention. See, the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Census of Agriculture is due back to USDA by February 6th. Now, you are mandated by law to fill out that information. Basically, it's just asking you about how you produce, what you produce, if it's uh, livestock, dairy, or crops. And all of that information is used to help design policy for the future. Greg Bustler is our Wisconsin State Ag Statistician. Right. The due date is February 6th. So we're encouraging farmers to either uh, complete it online if they have Internet access or fill out the questionnaire they received in the uh, mail and send it back in the postage paid envelope that was uh, enclosed. Basically, it's used by policymakers for the farm bill and also for funding of different farm programs to see where the taxpayers' uh, money is best spent. It's also used by state and local governments for infrastructure and local policies, that type of thing. So again, February 6th, the deadline to get that Census of Agriculture complete and back to USDA. And if you haven't opened it or you've never done it before, it does take a little time to fill out. I'm speaking from experience here. So get started on that today. They will pursue you to make sure that that information is gathered. Markets in overnight electronic trade about as chilly as our Wisconsin weather. Dow Jones Industrial Average is down. December corn right now basically unchanged at 589. November beans are down a nickel at 1362. July wheat's down three and a half at 760. In uh, dairy, yesterday, barrel cheese was up two and three quarter cents at 158. 40-pound block cheese dropped eight cents on Monday, down to a dollar eighty-eight. The double-A butter was up eight cents, two thirty-five and a quarter per pound. Let's just take a quick look as of uh, yesterday on what's happening with the equity sales barn livestock numbers. Uh, the beef cattle. 60% were selling from 126 to 151. The Holstein steers, 60% were selling 90 to 134. Market cows, 60% were in that 52 to 74 cents a pound range. The Holstein bull calves yesterday were selling at 215 and down per animal. The heifers, $45 and down. Beef and beef cross calves yesterday, $355 per animal and down just to keep you up to date on the livestock side. Well, he's keeping us up to date on all market sides. Up next, our friend John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Everyone dreams of that one special day. I'm not talking about a wedding day, a push present, or a big anniversary. I'm talking about a special day made just for you. Maybe you paid off the mortgage, finished a marathon, left the dork who couldn't see you for the amazing person you are. It's different for everyone, but it's a day that needs celebrating with a custom piece to bring a Mona Lisa smile to your face. William Thomas Custom Jewelry. Your inspiration, your custom jeweler. 
I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in ten young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. You know when you've really made it? When you finally have your own place and you can decorate it the way you want. Your Aunt Betty used to sleep on that old couch. It's time to turn drab into fab with lazy luxury from Lazy Boy Furnishings and Decor. That chair, it belonged to the dog. Time to start styling. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Here's a crew perfectly comfortable using Baylor twine as a belt. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Well, take care of yourself today if you've got to be outside for extended periods of time. If you've got to be outside at all, it's just downright nasty and not going to improve a lot this week. You know, I told you earlier, the markets are about as cold as Wisconsin weather is right now. Not a lot happening necessarily. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend's with us. Now, I say that, and yet there's plenty of things that are happening. John, uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average is down again this morning. A lot of big earnings that are supposedly coming out this week. Does that have a little bit of play on our commodities, too? Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that. The mark, that chart in the market itself just looks a little bit soft here, especially with the earnings report. I see Caterpillar was off by the numbers this morning, too, causing the Dow to be down about 130 on the futures here. You know, and again, if we see that money flow, that's a big part of it. It's just, you know, if things start falling apart in some markets, money moves from one other one area to cover another area just to kind of, you know, handle the margin calls and things that come at those, you know, the funds and those large groups. So, again, that's that big macro picture, which are, you know, obviously concerned about here, you know, the recession chatters out there and with ag commodities inflated in price, that could be one of those black swan things that, you know, leads to lower values just because of the overall economy. Now, one area that's been seeing a little bit more robust activity is our cattle market. Last week, John was one of the featured speakers at the UW Ag Outlook Forum. A lot of conversations that were going on as far as the cattle market and the fact that you can't exactly put your you're forecasting cattle this year, probably for the next couple of years, is going to be tough. Explain what's going on, John. Well, obviously, because of the weather conditions, as well as just the cost of inputs and things of that nature out in cattle country in the Western Plains, we have basically have seen an exodus here from the cow herd. And we're watching the USDA cattle inventory numbers coming out today after the market closed, 2 o'clock this afternoon, those numbers are come out. And we're expecting to see the cow herd to drop an additional 4.2% uh, from last year. If that is realized, that'll be the smallest beef cow herd since 2014, actually eclipsing that 2014. 
14 low in terms of numbers. Now that spills right over into the calf crop size. You no, know, this this inventory report comes out semi-annually, comes out in July, and then it comes out here in January. In July, we projected the calf crop for 2022 down 1.4%. Now they're going to probably roll that number with some revisions to maybe up to 2.8% lower, and that'll be our smallest calf crop even again before 2014. Now, like you said, the cattle industry is not one of those ones you just, you know, like in the broiler industry with the, the avian flu in- issues last year, you know, 40, 50 days, we got birds going again. We're talking multiple years here that this could go into 2023, 24, and into 25 before we start seeing some reflection and maybe some growth back in the cattle cycles. And that's going to definitely be a factor on prices as right now futures prices are within a couple dollars of poking at those all-time highs from 2014. Well, and again, like you say, uh, what goes around comes around. So if you are thinking you're going to get back into cattle because of these lucrative prices, we usually pay the price on the other end for stocking. Very much so. I mean, feeder cattle prices, again, are poking at those all-time highs. So, again, just to find the supplies that are out there. You know, when you're looking at a calf crop, you know, realistically, since 2018, it's down almost 9%. You know, the cow herd in the same type of vein. That's just a lot of animals that are no longer in the system, and it's going to be hard to find those inventories. Now, with that, we got to keep an eye on that Southern Plains weather. If that doesn't improve, you know, you're still looking at horrible pasture conditions in some areas, hay stocks horribly low in some states again just the feed supplies aren't out there for this cattle industry to start building itself back upon it on the, uh, and get that growth growing again you know it's going to be interesting to see how that handles into terms of the retail side and where we are in the demand for beef you know because right now u.s beef has gotten a pretty good popular move in terms of the export market overseas well and that begs the question if uh, we continue to see this pattern does that mean we're going to see more imports very much so. I mean, again, obviously the demand for beef is still there now with, you know, things in terms of the economy. That's one thing we are watching very closely. What is the consumer patterns as money gets tighter? They move away from beef. They move to the, the cheaper proteins, poultry and pork. You know, that's one of the things that can still be a wet blanket over any market is just consumer demand. You know, if we start even with the tighter numbers, uh, build up some supply through imports and just lack of consumer demand, you know, that's just going to weigh on prices in general. So, again, we're up to these all-time highs is where producers need to keep a focus on what's the goal out there and where's your targets and make sure you're protecting these values because we came down off of them pretty fast in 2014. John Heinberg along with us live this morning. He is a broker with Total Farm Marketing, marketing uh, by Stuart Peterson out of West Bend. Their website, totalfarmmarketing.com. Pick up the phone and give them a call, 800-334-9779. And remind them about your email address, John. Sure. Shoot me an email at johnh at totalfarmmarketing.com. Excellent. Great content. Stay warm, John. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Have a great week. John Heinberg again joining us live this morning from West Bend, keeping you up to date on what's happening with those crazy markets. Stay warm, everybody. This 